I'm Afshan Ratansi and welcome back to Going Underground, broadcasting all around the world from the UAE. There's only one story the world is focused on. It threatens not only 2.3 million people in the besieged Gaza Strip, half of whom are children, but global energy stability and the birth of any new world order being born through BRICS, a world that might consign decades of NATO nation violence to history. Let's go straight to a member of the Palestinian Legislative Council, Dr. Mustafa Barghouti. He's General Secretary and co-founder of the Palestinian National Initiative and joins me from Ramallah in the West Bank. I don't know whether to say uh, besieged West Bank, uh, uh, Dr. Barghouti. Uh, obviously, our hearts go out to uh, uh, the Palestinians uh, as well as the Israeli civilians uh, in this terrible uh, week. Um, let's just begin with why you think Joe Biden used the White House to spread unsubstantiated claims. Even the IDF distanced itself from the claim. Uh, and it certainly was, had to be corrected by the Los Angeles Times, that, and it was in every newspaper in Britain on the front pages, that Hamas had uh, beheaded 40 babies. It's a big lie, and they keep repeating lies, but that's Netanyahu's style in uh, manipulating the media and manipulating the stories. Uh, and in my opinion, what we see here is a systematic, well-planned, thought-of, campaign to dehumanize not only Hamas, but to dehumanize all the Palestinian people. Uh, this is a very dangerous matter. Uh, I do think that uh, what we go through now as Palestinian people is the worst time and the most dangerous time since 1948, when Israel conducted ethnic cleansing against 70% of the Palestinian people. And uh, the goal is not only to dehumanize Palestinians. What worries me is the three things that are being done to us now. A complete and total siege on Gaza, depriving people, including children, from water, from milk, from food, from medications, from medicines. Uh, and then uh, the airstrikes that are, not, uh, that are indiscriminate and uh, that affect people, killing children, women, men. Uh, more than 400 children, uh, hundreds of children slaughtered by these airstrikes. And in addition to that, a plan to ethnically cleanse Palestinians from Gaza Strip. These are the three directions of what's happening today. And uh, to justify all of that, the Israelis and the Americans, unfortunately, are together engaging in a process of dehumanization of Palestinians. I want to explore that uh, in more detail. Anthony Blinken, Joe Biden's uh, Secretary of State, the uh, former West exec, uh, Pentagon uh, contractor consultant, he said uh, when he arrived in Tel Aviv, what separates Israel, the USA and other democracies when it comes to difficult situations like this is our, Israel and the USA's, respect for international law and the laws of war. How do you think he was able to say that, uh, given footage even on US uh, media showing the vast number of civilian casualties and deaths? If the United States has a, a very clear record, and not only the United States, but many Western governments uh, in, in the last 70 years, is that it's a disrespect of international law when it comes to Palestinian issue. Not only that, but also using a double standard. One of the most obvious examples of the double standard here is what, uh, what they do in Ukraine, sending uh, more than $224 billion of money, equipment, military, tanks, planes, 
submarines, whatever, uh, and claiming and saying that this is because Ukraine is fighting occupation. In our case, they are sending all, uh, all these, these aircrafts and very heavy uh, bombs, uh, one of which damaged and destroyed a whole neighborhood. One, 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 one bomb. Uh, they and and they say that uh, they are doing that, supporting the occupier. In one case, they claim they are fighting occupation, and in another case, they are supporting the occupiers, the Israelis, who have been occupying us uh, in the West Bank and Gaza Strip and East Jerusalem since 56 years. This is the longest occupation in modern history. Uh, and not only that, who have ethnically cleansed Palestinians in, in 1948. So there isn't a clearer example of this disrespect of international law and this double standard that unfortunately is used constantly. If they really respected international law, they should have responded to what Guterres said, the Secretary General of the United Nations, who said that uh, besieging Gaza Strip in this manner, uh, depriving people from water, electricity, food, and medicine, and medicine is nothing but a violation of international law. Uh, the, Amni the Human Rights Watch declared very clearly in response to what the Israeli defense minister said when he said that uh, Palestinians are human animals. They said that uh, what he said was disgusting, but more than that, it was paving the road for war crimes to be committed against Palestinian people. Yes, Yoav Gallant then went on to meet with Antony Blinken when he was in uh, Israel. But, uh, you know, Antonio Guterres also condemned uh, uh, Hamas for, for what it did as well. And uh, when you talk about the occupation, we've seen time and time again Global South countries defeat the United States, uh, onwards from Vietnam, perhaps. What, what do you believe is the strategy of the uh, Hamas government in uh, Gaza, I mean, they're a state now, technically, because Israel's declared war. You can't declare war on a terrorist uh, uh, outfit, as it were, something uh, so-called mainstream media in NATO nation seems to have missed. But other than that, what is the strategy? Is it uh, just to all sacrifice the lives of everyone in uh, Gaza because things are and have been so bad since uh, the uh, siege began in 2007? I can't speak on behalf of Hamas, no. but I can tell you the following. First of all, uh, the, the, the Israelis are declaring war on people, on occupied people, because there is no state in Gaza. Gaza is an occupied territory exactly like the West Bank, only it was under a different kind of occupation, besieged by sea, water, by air, and by land. Uh, and uh, declaring war on people that you occupy is something that never happened in, I think, in modern history. It's another violation that Israelis do. Uh, but even if it's a war, then they should accept the fact that the prisoners that Hamas took, uh, the Israeli prisoners, are prisoners of war. And they should treat Palestinian prisoners in their jails as prisoners of war. But they don't do that. Surely uh, Palestinian uh, resistance groups, and there are many, it's not just uh, Hamas that were involved in uh, this uh, recent uh, uptick in, in violence, they must have some strategy, surely, 
uh, or did they I, just? I believe I, I believe two things happened that uh, is be- it's becoming more clear now. First of all, why did Hamas start this in this this attack? Uh, before the what Hamas did, uh, not only because we are under occupation and the system of apartheid that is much worse than the apartheid system that prevailed in South Africa. And when I say apartheid not only my opinion, it is the opinion of Amnesty International Human Rights Watch, as well as even the Israeli Human Rights Organization, which is widely respected, B'Tselem. These are the roots of the uh, of all the, of the conflict. And uh, Hamas was not here 50 years ago, or 45 years ago, or 40 years ago. At that time, not, not uh, it was PLO that was described as terrorist. Actually, anybody that resists occupation is called terrorist. I understand, but what, what is the military uh, art but, of but, war here? But I think what, what preceded this attack is the following. During the last eight months, the Israeli army and Israeli settlers killed 248 Palestinians in the West Bank, including 40 children, and continued the terror of settlers. The settlers' terror, under the supervision and support of the Israeli army, went as far as burning towns, burning houses, burning cars, like has happened in Huwara and Turmus Aya, where, by the way, the citizens whose houses were burned were American citizens, Palestinian American citizens. I don't think Mr. Biden is paying attention to them. Anyhow, in addition to that, there were constant attacks on the Aqsa Mosque, on Muslim holy sites, as well as Christian holy sites. Palestinians, Christians were spit at by Israeli settlers. We've seen provocation after provocation taking place. Clearly what you're saying is, is really important context. But then are you saying these resistance groups fell into a trap? Netanyahu uh, was provoking them, and sure enough, they fell into his trap. Because we certainly hear from Seymour Hirsch, the great investigative journalist, that uh, uh, Netanyahu uh, knew something like this was uh, going to happen and uh, let it happen, according to his intelligence sources. It is quite possible, and what is really shocking is that after the attack happened uh, at the Gaza borders, there was no Israeli army intervention for more than six hours. You know, this is Israel, which usually does not even allow a fly to fly into Israel without immediate reaction. What happened there? Why did they stay silent? Why did they, they did nothing? In my opinion, I don't want to go into conspiracy theories now, but I can tell you that Netanyahu did something three weeks ago, I think almost three weeks ago, when he stood in the United Nations in front of the whole world, in the General Assembly of the structure that should be the guardian of international law, the United Nations, and raised a flag of the new Middle East where he colored Arab countries that he will, he will normalize with in green, and then have had Israel in the center in blue color and uh, showing the borders of Israel. And it was an Israel that is annexing all of the occupied West Bank, annexing the Golan Heights, and annexing Gaza Strip. At that time, there was no fight in Gaza. At that time, Israel was still claiming that Gaza is not occupied and that Israel has left Gaza. Showing a map that annexes both West Bank and Gaza, in my opinion, is very indicative of the plan, of the uh, of what he wanted to do, 
And it's at the same time the most blunt violation of international law. Ironically, none of the Western governments, including the United States, criticized that map except one government at the time, which is Germany. Everybody else stayed silent. And in my opinion, he is now using what's happening to implement that plan, that, that map. And the most dangerous thing is that they are trying to push Palestinians out of Gaza into an act of ethnic cleansing to repeat what happened in 1948. Is it your understanding that the uh, so-called mainstream uh, media in Western NATO nations talking about ISIS repeating the talking points, the so-called Hasbara from uh, the Netanyahu government, they're comparing Hamas to ISIS. Uh, is it your understanding Netanyahu himself treated ISIS patients uh, in the Golan Heights, occupied Golan Heights, during the uh, war on Syria? Yes, well, the Americans also were dealing with ISIS before they turned against him. Of course, we that is well known. And he, Netanyahu himself, was providing every possible support to, to, to these people because they were fighting the Syrian government. Dr. Mustafa Barghouti, I'll stop you there. More from the General Secretary and co-founder of the Palestinian National Initiative and member of the Palestinian Legislative Council after this break. Welcome back to Going Underground. I'm still here with the member of the Palestinian Legislative Council, Dr. Mustafa Barghouti. Sorry to have interrupted you there, Mustafa. Just, just continue. You were no talking problem. about the Oslo Accords, which I have to say are pretty discredited amongst uh, many Palestinians around the world uh, today. But uh, of go course, on. of course, because because there were many mistakes in them. But the most important issue here about Netanyahu is that he wrote a whole book in 1994 called "A Place Under the Sun," in which he attacked Oslo, attacked any possibility of peace with Palestinians, and denied Palestinians the right to have a state. And then he was elected as prime minister of Israel in 1996 and killed the peace process. He did everything. I mean, there were interruptions, of course, when Sharon was in power and Olmert for a while. But this man has been the prime minister mainly of Israel all these 16 years. And he did everything to kill any possibility of a peaceful resolution because his doctrine is no to Palestinian state. His doctrine is annexing the occupied territories. And now, what he said is that all Palestinians in Gaza must evict their homes. Where to go? To the sea? His military spokesperson... Okay, just on, on that point, and I think uh, many would say it's not just Netanyahu, it's, uh, as you know well, structures within Israeli society rather than uh, some Carlisle notion of individuals that we're talking about. Uh, why uh, would it help if Egypt opened the crossing? I know it was bombed uh, soon after uh, what you just said when Netanyahu said, leave Gaza, uh, as if there was a way to leave Gaza. What, what do you see and as the role of Egypt? Conspiracy. Well, here is the conspiracy between Netanyahu and, unfortunately, this American administration, which is behaving, in my opinion, in a totally irresponsible manner. Because Netanyahu said people should evict their homes. The military spokesperson of Netanyahu came out and said Palestinians in Gaza should evict their homes and go to Egypt. This became the headline of Yudiot Ahranot a few days ago. And then Mr. Kirby, 
the spokesperson of the American Defense Ministry said that there should be a humanitarian corridor with Egypt, but only in one direction, to Egypt. So what do we see here? It's a true conspiracy to keep bombarding people in Gaza, keep bombarding them and killing them till they all evict and evacuate Gaza Strip to Egypt, creating one of the worst ethnic cleansing in the 21st okay, century. Okay, given... 2.2 given, million people. Given this conspiracy that you allege, given your record over decades of fighting for the UN Security Council resolutions that guarantee... Uh, peace and, and justice for the Palestinian people. And we've seen Antony Blinken and the Biden administration uh, administer, what, maybe half a million dead in Ukraine as they poured weapons in it to the last Ukrainian in their fight against Russia. Is only an attack on the Dimona nuclear weapon system in Israel the possibility that opens some kind of uh, attempt at saving the population of Gaza? Because surely you seem to be intimating they will wipe out 2.3 million people with their European Union, British and American weaponry. I, I don't know, but this is very serious. Uh, what's happening is very serious. If people in Gaza are evicted to Egypt, they will never be allowed to come back. And then, well, Egypt isn't even letting them in. Yeah, Egypt wouldn't let and it them won't. in, and that is so good. that's not going to happen. It shouldn't. Yeah, of course it shouldn't. Because And what we need is a humanitarian corridor so that food and, and fuel and electricity and water and medicine would come to Gaza. You know I am a medical but doctor. But you're not expecting... I, I know you are, but you're not even expecting that to happen because you've just outlined the fact that Netanyahu has grand plans, as does structures in Israeli society. Why do you still put this hope that they're going to suddenly, after killing all these children, going to suddenly go, let's have a humanitarian corridor? I still believe uh, in three things. First of all, I still believe in the humanity. I still believe there are good people in every country. And I am building my hopes on the fact that when they see all these horrible images of Palestinians killed, of children in Palestine slaughtered by Israeli airstrikes, that something will move. I also built my hope on the solidarity movements everywhere in the world and on our Arab and Palestinian diaspora people to stand up to this horrible attack on Palestinians. Yes, tomorrow, uh, I mean, in, in, the, in the coming days, we will see uh, what will happen in Europe. Uh, you know that European governments are now prohibiting any solidarity demonstrations with Palestinian people, not solidarity demonstrations with Hamas, but with Palestinian people, which means we see here a very clear case of dehumanization of not only Palestinians, but anybody in support of the Palestinian right to be free, of Palestinian people's right not to be bombarded and killed by Israeli airstrikes. I understand this is a medium-term proposal, and of course you're right, there have been solidarity demonstrations in Indonesia, in Chile, in uh, South Korea, all across the world. Uh, this time. Maybe that's what makes it as different, but that hasn't stopped the Prime Minister of Britain putting the uh, Israeli flag in solidarity with Netanyahu and the Israeli people on, the, uh, on Downing Street and the European Union and so forth, and Britain banning the Palestinian flag, it appears, some are saying, uh, is the desire. I understand that there is that di diaspora and a greater awareness of what the Palestinians are going through, but that's not going to stop this immediate situation this week, is it? 
It won't. It might not. But I think, I hope things will start changing. We were very encouraged by statements that are coming from different countries, not like European countries, not like United States, countries like Russia, countries like China today, countries like Brazil, uh, countries like South Africa. Uh, I think the world is awakening and uh, the world is not... Uh, Israeli or American only. And on this note, I would like to say something about uh, what the American president said. Uh, I wish he would not discriminate, He that he did not discriminate between American Palestinians and American Israelis. He spoke about American Israelis killed. Uh, he didn't mention any word about the Palestinian American most peaceful journalist, Shirin Abu Akhli, who was assassinated by an Israeli sniper and was never, and nobody was ever indicted for killing her. And he didn't say a word about the 500 American Palestinians who are now in Gaza Strip under bombardment and airstrikes, and their life is, is at high risk, and I am sure many of them will die. So I'm not sure, I'm not still not quite America, sure why you are surprised by that from the American administration, knowing what they have uh, said in public as to their attitude to Palestinians in general. Um, just one quick question about the children, because obviously in NATO nation propaganda media, they're talking about the hostages that are children. Uh, NGO Save the Children documented Israeli mass detention of children. What's your experience over the years of... Uh, the detention of Palestinian children by the uh, EU, UK, US-backed Israeli government, successive ones. I understand 20 years in prison for Palestinian children for uh, throwing stones has been a, a sentence. That's true, and there are 5,000, probably 500 prisoners now in Israeli jails, including no less than 200 children. Uh, many of these children, like the other 1,260 Palestinians, are under administrative detention, which means they don't know why they are in jail, which means they are practically kidnapped, which means that their uh, lawyers don't know why they are in jail and they cannot defend them. This is the so-called administrative detention that Israel is using against Palestinian people. And by the way, that was one of the reasons why Hamas conducted their attack, because they've, for more than 10 years, they've been trying to negotiate a prisoner's exchange so that Palestinian prisoners in Israeli jails, some of whom have been there for 44 years, uh, would be released. And Israel wouldn't listen. And now the, the immediate proposal, I know that they wouldn't go in this direction till something happens. But uh, the immediate proposal is immediate ceasefire to stop these atrocities that are happening now in Gaza, to save the lives of both Palestinians and Israelis, uh, and then initiate a, a prisoner's exchange where all the Israeli prisoners in Gaza could come home safely, and then the Palestinian prisoners would be released. Okay. Uh, well, and then we have maybe, to see how many... Maybe initiate we have to see how many survive yeah. on that. I've got to also ask, I know the Gaza authorities claim that uh, many of those going to that music festival were caught in crossfire with the IDF uh, when it happened. But is it normal that there are music festivals and dancing parties just next to the besieged Gaza Strip where 2.3 million people are, are uh, enclosed? Has that been happening recently, that people, young people would go and have music festivals just near where all these uh, descendants of those ethnically cleansed uh, 
um, live, that the, the descendants live? I don't know if this was a norm, but I know that Israel has made all these uh, settlements around Gaza as uh, touristic sites. Uh, every foreign minister or every foreign leader who comes is usually invited to visit these areas to show that Israel is a victim of Palestinian rockets. And uh, uh, so this was the habit. So I don't know about what happened in that festival. I didn't see people killed there. Maybe there were people killed. Probably there is. There, there is. There are pictures, uh, but of course, there's... yeah. You you were information Most minister. Most of the pictures are of of people fleeing the the area, running away from that area of festival. Look, I don't want to 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 justify anything, but I want to tell you something. I am a person who have always advocated nonviolence all my life. I don't agree with killing any civilian, whether Israeli or Palestinian. But what we see today is something that should not be acceptable at any level, which is dehumanization of all Palestinians, inviting Israel to commit crimes after crimes after crimes against civilian Palestinian people and justifying the killing of hundreds of Palestinian children. Nobody should do that. It's unacceptable. And it should not be allowed. Just finally, and uh, very briefly, and it seems strange to be talking about multi-billion dollar weaponry arriving in the eastern Mediterranean off the coast of Gaza, the United States proclaiming it the largest aircraft carrier in the world with uh, all its military uh, there. Who do you think that's aimed at? I know the shares of uh, all the big uh, NATO nation arms companies have risen as the death toll mounts in Gaza. Who is that intended for? And do you now reflect on the fact the Palestinian Authority should never have collaborated with Israel as it has done in recent uh, years? Uh, first of all, I think that uh, the, the, the goal of these uh, aircrafts and, and carriers uh, is very clear. They, they, they didn't, the Americans didn't hide it. They say it, say it all the time. They want to frighten Hezbollah and Lebanon so that they wouldn't interfere and uh, would not support Palestinians in Gaza. Uh, and uh, I think this is the main goal, this is the main aim. And, and uh, Biden said it, Blinken said it, that uh, they want to any other party to refrain from interfering in what's happening here. But I do not think that other parties can stay silent if they see an act of ethnic cleansing happening or seeing more and more Palestinians killed in these barbaric airstrikes. So we'll see what happens. About the Palestinian Authority, it is so weakened. It has been marginalized and humiliated by Israelis constantly and repeatedly. Uh, there, uh, even the areas that should be under Palestinian Authority were invaded constantly by Israel. And of course, Palestinians are against uh, security collaboration with the Israeli side, especially now with all these atrocities committed against Palestinian people. But I think the problem with the Palestinian Authority is that it has failed to unify Palestinians. Uh, I think at this very moment, it is the duty of Mr. Abbas and all Palestinian leaders immediately to unify Palestinians in, in front of this terrible catastrophe that could take place of another ethnic cleansing, another round of crimes, and this whole destruction of all of Gaza Strip. Time is for unity and not for internal division. Uh, but the big responsibility here is on the shoulders of the Palestinian Authority. Dr. Mustafa Barghouti, thank you. Thank you.
And that's it for the show. We'll be back on Monday with the Schiller Institute's Hussein Ascari ahead of a new, more peaceful world being drawn at Beijing's third Belt and Road Forum, uniting the world in global development, not war. But until then, keep in touch via all our social media if it's not censored in your country and head to our channel, Going Underground TV on Rumble.com to watch new and old episodes of Going Underground. See you Monday.